Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. Hello to all of you out there in the world, wherever you are, whatever you may be doing, thanks for being here. I'm Shannon Labrie, and you're listening to Human Trafficking True Crime, presented by Last Word. We're the one and only podcast telling the truth about human trafficking. We aim to give victims and survivors the last word. A talented and gifted student who begins to experience some hard times and struggles in her academic life and begins a mild teenager rebellious streak ends up dropping out of school, but when she, by all accounts, makes the right choices and enrolls back in school, she's on track to graduate, and her family feels things are looking up. So when she simply doesn't show up for a planned shopping trip with her sister and friends, her family begins to worry. The story that unfolds and the truth behind what most likely happened to her, it's hard to hear, and it's hard to understand. Tonight, we give Danica Childs the last word. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having Did, me back. I was gonna say I didn't scare you off. Thanks for coming back. No, I don't think so. I'm I'm developing a uh, taste for it. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I will say a lot of people like your voice. So yeah, I, I've uh, I've heard a lot of people say that about it. Yeah, like we said, it's hard to hear your own <laughs> voice though. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're here uh, for another case unfortunately I mean I'm glad you're here but unfortunately I'm glad we're here talking about something that is horrific and actually happening out there so silver lining anyways uh have you ever heard this story I think you might have mentioned it in passing before but um I don't know all the dirty details or anything like that okay well you're about to find them all out hey I'm ready all right sounds good Danica Diane Childs was born February 25th, 1990, and she would be the second of four girls. Wow. Yeah. Uh, By 2007, Danica was a 17-year-old high school student living with her mom and her three sisters in some apartments near the 272nd Street and Pacific Highway South intersection in Federal Way, Washington. And... When I first heard this case, instantly, I just became obsessed with it because Federal Way, Washington is in the neck of woods that I was born in and grew up in. So Mm. I'm very familiar with this area and um, I have a lot of family that live in this area. So for me, it was kind of like a, oh, I know where that's at. Like, this is kind of my backyard. So... 
Danica was a teenager who enjoyed writing and poetry, and it seems she was really smart and gifted when it came to her academics. Uh, she was recommended for a dual program at her high school. I know my high school had this, yeah. but it's basically where you attend community college classes and you're earning credits toward. Yeah, you can, you can get your associate's degree. So, you know, that's pretty, I, I was in trying to do that too, but I just did the AP class route, so. Oh, see, I, I, I barely, D, <laughs> D means degree for all of you struggling out there in school. That was me. Um, I was not in this program. I want to say my sister might have been, uh, but I am aware of it. So she is recommended for this dual program and she would attend community college classes while earning her high school diploma. And those credits would be for high school diploma and her associate's degree. Uh, Danica oftentimes would take the bus to the community college campus from, so basically she'd go from federal way to Des Moines and I'm not entirely sure the distance on that, but it's can't be that far. Um, maybe like 20 minutes or so, but mm. I'm guessing, uh, and this is where she would meet a man and begin dating him. Now, there is no information that I could find at all in my research about this man. There's various reports that state he was a college-aged man, that he was a college student, and that he was just someone riding the bus. Either way, his name is not out there, and to my knowledge, it has not been released. So we'll just mm -hmm. refer to him as the man for now. Uh, after entering this dual program, Danica began to struggle like academically. So before school came really easy to her, she got recommended for this program and then she starts struggling and she chose to transfer out of the program to an alternative school. And then subsequently she dropped out of that school and planned to just earn her GED. Hmm. But ultimately she would enroll back in school. And by December, 2007, she was actually on track to graduate so okay yeah going through some struggles but things seem to start working out honestly that program can be very <clears throat> stressful very hard if you're not woefully prepared for it like they're basically just throwing you into college classes as a 16 17 year old and they're like have at it right she's six, seventeen 17 at this point and she's taking a bus from her high school to a campus yeah. like i'll get into this more later but it's just that's a lot of vulnerability for me. I'm like, yeah. That's, and it federal way is in, it's a suburb of Seattle, but it's, there's still a lot of people. Like it's a very heavily populated area next to a lot of heavily populated other cities. Okay. Yeah. It's not in a rural area. You're in the thick of it. You know what I mean? Like Seattle isn't far, but it's think about like Dallas, mm -hmm. right? Like where we live we're not necessarily like we're in the suburbs, but we're still city to city. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we're it takes still 20 minutes. You're close to everything, food, restaurants, right? There's still social. a lot of people around. Mm -hmm. So it's not anyways, just, I don't know, something about a 17 year old going to a call. I don't know. I, I would not have been able to do that, mm -hmm. but part because that's like, I don't think I can mature, like have been mature enough. Also, I don't think my <laughs> grades were not good enough. So, um, Let's see. So Danica's story starts on December 21st, 2007. Danica had spent the previous night at a friend's house and she had spoken to her mother 
Diane Zorro on the phone earlier in the day of December 21st. So she sends it at her friend's house on December 21st. She calls her mom and they have, you know, a conversation that by all accounts is completely normal. She's planning to meet her sisters and some friends to go shopping at the mall later. Um, and she had mentioned on the phone call to her mom that her phone was like low on battery and she was about, to, it was about to die. So they end their phone call and then the mom's like, Oh, I forgot to tell her something. So I have to call her back. And it just goes to voicemail. And so the mom's not thinking much of it at the time because her daughter did just mention that the phone was dying. And mm -hmm. so mom just goes about her day. When Danica didn't make the planned shopping trip later that day, Diane becomes concerned and her calls like are still going to voicemail. And so by the next day, no one had heard from her and her friends hadn't seen her. So her mom files a missing persons report that's immediately treated as a runaway case. And there's nothing done about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so from the start, Diane and Danica's mother had to do all of her own investigation into her daughter's disappearance. And what she uncovered was the last thing she was like ever mm -hmm. expecting. Wow. Yeah. Why is it? Why? Why is it all, always the mother having to take charge, put it in? To the world, man. That's just crazy. It is. I mean, we can go into the <laughs> rabbit holes of why that is. But my advice is if you're in a situation where someone you love is missing, if you're not doing the research and the investigation, you can't count on someone else to be doing it. Should they? Yes. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to buck up yeah. and, you know, pull your britches up and figure it out, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So to do a quick recap, 17-year-old Danica has been struggling with her school and she's being just a normal rebellious teenager at the time. But after she fails to show up for a planned shopping trip with her sisters and her friends, her mom begins looking into what her daughter was doing leading up to her disappearance. Diane finds out that her daughter didn't stay at a friend's house the night previous like she had told her. Danica, in fact, had stayed the night at the Sunset Motel in a neighboring city of Kent, Washington, which is literally wow. the town right next door. So she's not like traveling far, but mm -hmm. she's at a hotel that is known and it's it is a known hotbed for illegal sex exploitation, drug use, all of all of the things. Uh, but Diane didn't know that at the time. So Danica's purse coat and cell phone would be discovered at this hotel and since the police believe she was a runaway it's my understanding that diane would end up with these items in her possession as she was able to crack the passcode to danica's voicemail after she vanished hmm. yeah and the recordings that she heard pretty much suggested that Danica was being sexually exploited and the voicemails were from the Johns paying for this crime. Wow. Dan would also learn that rumors that she had heard previously about Danica's boyfriend being a pimp were true. And she believes that this man and his relationship with her daughter ultimately led 
Danica into the world of prostitution. Wow. Yeah. Is this bus guy? Yes. Allegedly? Or Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Which is why I'm like, who is this guy? Why have we never... How can you not even find a trace of him? That's crazy. Right. right. It's, it's astonishing to me. In an Oxygen article, Diane is quoted of saying, that was a big shock. I had no clue. I knew it was around and I knew it was around our area, but I didn't realize it was affecting these young girls, end quote. And that's what she's talking about when she learned what was on the voicemails, like, and about human trafficking. She had no idea. Like, she knew it was going on. I think everybody knows it happens, but no one really realizes that it is happening all around you. What is it, like, rose-colored glasses? Isn't that the saying? I've never heard that, but sure. Yeah, it's like when you put a veil over yourself and you see the world how you want the world to be seen and you don't look at the dark until you have to. Did you say veal? Veal? Because I think it's veil. Veil? Veal's like a meat, I think. It is, yeah. That's what I say. Veil. Veil. I don't know. (laughs) I know what you mean. Uh, Diane has been outspoken about her frustrations with the Seattle Police Department, as any parent would be. Mm. Uh, She said their lack of interest in Danica's case was just astonishing from the start. um, And she had to fight them to just get her case even listed as a human trafficking case. Um, the FBI does eventually get involved at some point in Danica's case, but sadly it, it goes cold and almost from the start. Do you know like how long it took them to no. get a hold of it? Okay. Nope. This case. I'm assuming probably a long time. Well, yeah, I think it, it took a while because you have the police department not they deem her as a runaway so they're not even investigating there's no crime like they didn't do any type of you know to my knowledge they have done no in interviews investigation into her disappearance like they straight were like she's a runaway even though she had no history Hmm. zero history of running away now she definitely was rebellious and her mom is saying has said that even in the months leading up to her disappearance she started staying out all night and was hanging around the wrong friends, but she had never run away before. So the fact that they just ignored, yeah, yeah, she's 17. She's still a minor. So the FBI gets involved. I'm not entirely sure when FBI doesn't really share a lot of that information. Um, And to date, there've only been literally a handful of leads and they all seem to be dead ends. Wow. Yeah. One of the first leads that came across in my research was in 2015. So she goes missing in 2017. I'm sorry, excuse me. She goes missing in 2007. And one of the first leads that I could find was from 2015 when a family friend came across an Instagram photo of a girl in Las Vegas that she believed looked like Danica. Danica's own sister posts this image to her Facebook page, but then takes it down shortly after. Really? Why would she do that? My, I have no idea why she did it. Um, there's no explanation that has been said as to why she did it. My assumption is either somebody said something to her right. as far as law enforcement or FBI to take it down or after 
really thinking about it. Maybe she felt like it wasn't her sister. But if you felt like it was your sister enough to post it, to me, I'm leaning toward you took it down because did someone did someone tell you to take it down? It has to be that way. I just thought that's the weirdest thing in this whole story to me is that piece. Why post it and then take it down? What's your reasoning for that? Right. Because and I think that's telling. If she really thinks that's her sister, but then takes it down, okay, well, now does she think it's her sister or is someone, an outside force telling her to take it down? You know what I mean? I'm on the same, I'm on the same wavelength too. You don't just take stuff down off of social media. I mean, I've never done that. I'm just kind of like, whoops, I put it out there. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, One of Danica's sisters would also receive a Facebook message from someone claiming to be Danica and that she was in hiding. When Danica's sister tried to respond to the message, the account it was sent from was already taken down. They believed this was Danica reaching out, letting them know that she was alive. Um, The family stated that their reason for believing this was because whoever wrote the message had used nicknames the family would use for each other that Mm. wasn't public knowledge and I don't believe it is still to this day I've never couldn't find anything in my research on what exactly the note said which truth be told the note obvious her family most likely sent that off to the police it was you know tried you know they looked at the note so there's probably more to the note that we're not being told which I down the photo or else (laughs) yeah I don't know the only other two leads that I've been able to find were from anom. One was a anonymous call from South Carolina. This person claimed to know Danica's location, but never, um, but nothing ever came from this tip. The other one was from California, which this one's weird. Um, it came from California after a woman who's familiar with the prostitution aspect of sex exploitation was found to have a Auburn-based cell phone, which Auburn is another neighboring city to Federal Way. But like I said, this tip's weird. So so what? She has an Auburn phone. Like, people move that's a and very vague... Phone numbers. Yeah. Right. But even if not, like, I don't know. I just think that one's weird. Like, people move, like you said. They don't change their numbers. And just because, like, I, I just don't see the correlation. I mm-hmm. feel like there's got to be more to that story that we're probably not aware of. But right. that's pretty much her case. That's it? Yeah. Just, like, poof, gone. It is not. There is not a lot of information on her case. They haven't had any tips. They haven't had any credible leads or sightings. She goes missing, and it's years of nothing. almost and at what the fbi's involvement is at this point i'm i'm not entirely sure the family is outspoken about their sister and their daughter but they're also kind of private too and they don't share a whole whole lot of the behind the scenes stuff so there's totally a possibility that there's stuff going on that we don't know about but from what i could gather that's pretty much her case in a nutshell Wow. Yeah. So my like major takeaways from her case are the, we'll start with the boyfriend, the man on the bus. 
Like, why hasn't his name been released? We're talking, what, 15 years, 16 years since she's gone missing. That was her boyfriend. We know he's a pimp. What, like, why? I want to know why his name hasn't been released, either by the family or police. Yeah, I'm Um, wondering almost if it's a point where, like, he might be um, a C.I., so they were not going to release his name. But they're like, hey, we know that you did this. I never thought of but that. But you better help us. Yeah. I mean, they could have. Yeah, they could have backed him in. He could be that. Um, I kind of question like who he is. Right. Officially. Like, is he someone that comes from a prominent family? Mm. Is he someone that's connected is he in hiding? Like, oh, and is my he other with her, right? I mean, I feel like if he had vanished too, we probably would have heard that. So that leads me to believe he's probably still around somewhere. I mean, whether that's in Federal Way area or somewhere else, but I just want to know: like, has he ever been questioned by the police? I probably I don't even know. <sighs> Did the family know that that was like? her boyfriend like yeah did they, have they did they meet him did they no reports on that okay. i would imagine i know they dated for a while and she yeah. was dating him while you went missing so it's like your girlfriend goes missing like why aren't you out there in the public eye what are you hiding who are you yeah. what who are, you? are you right what are you what are you trying to cover up and obviously our mission is to promote you know the conversation about human trafficking and its evilness and you know to help bring Danica and others home but it's been 15 years and it's your girlfriend like Mm. I I don't know that that's something I would ever get over you know what I mean like you can't just date someone who goes missing and then move on with your life right and which makes me question like what has he been doing in his life since she went missing that's what I would like to know like, and obviously I couldn't find any of this out because I don't even know the dude's name, but what has this chode been up to since yeah. she went missing? Does he have any arrests? Is Are they, you know, yeah. domestic violence or physical abuse or solicitation or what, like, does he have a criminal record? What has he been doing? Because I think that when you look at, it's been 15 years and it really doesn't, we're not trying to focus necessarily on him. We are trying to focus on Danica, but finding part of finding Danica is finding out who she was hanging out with. Yeah. Like and, looking into him. Right. And I think it's a telling story to see what he has been doing since this case is so familiar in the storyline to Roxanne Paltoff's yes, case. It is that when you look at Roxanne's boyfriend, at the time, Lewis Walls, like we know now since her disappearance, he's had multiple arrests and assault charges and, mm-hmm. you know, accusations against him, which I think leads credence more to he's probably been involved yeah. in her disappearance. And that takes me to Danica. It makes me wonder, could it be the same? What has he been doing in his life? And is that a telling story of what could have happened to Danica? Right. It's just so weird that they haven't released his name. Like, there's just really no point. I. There's really no point to hide it. 
Like why? Unless there's something going on. And I get privacy. I'm all for that. But your girlfriend's missing. Like, what are you doing? Where are you? Uh, I also want to take it back just a little bit more, too, about um, her classes being at a university. Uh, yeah, when she's um, 17 years old. Right. You're 17 and you're taking the bus, the community bus, yeah. which I don't care what city you live in. Like, that's kind of, you know, yeah, that can be a bit, bus. a bit ugh, sometimes. Uh, so you're 17. Yeah. And you're walking into a college age campus to take classes. This is amazing. But at the same time. You're putting a really young, vulnerable teenager in an environment with a lot of risk. Right. Older, more sophisticated, if you will, people. Influencing an individual. People that can drink and part. Yeah. Purchase alcohol and whatever else. Like, you know what I mean? It's a lot as a freshman going into college, let alone still a high schooler. Right. going on to a college right campus. so it makes you wonder who you know her mom has been quoted of saying that she started hanging out with the wrong crowd before she went missing who are they yeah where are they what have they been doing are these people real where have they been right and you the mom has not in any of the videos i've watched or articles i've read nothing has ever been said about the friends she spent the night with the night before hmm. and it could very well be that they are not involved i I don't, you, we do they not might know. know something, we just don't though. know. Right. But they might know something. And then all of us like web sleuthers and like, you know, armchair detectives, if you will, are sitting here. Like, these are the things that we end up having more questions than answers. Like, well, who are the friends? Where were they? What were they doing the night before? We know she, her, her stuff was found at this hotel. Yeah. Who was the, at the hotel? Yeah, were their fingerprints taken? No. Did they do a rundown of dna hair anything no none of that was done none of that was done but what about just old-fashioned police work and talking to people right knocking on doors okay Susie q we know you were over there last night tell us what happened who else was there were you guys drinking Mm -hmm. were there drugs what was going on wow yeah nothing and one tip from South Carolina. Yeah, a random tip from South Carolina saying that they knew where she was, but nothing nothing ever came from I it. I can understand, like, the Nevada and the California. The but, surrounding states. Yeah, but traveling that far? I, I know it's possible, but yeah. that's kind of crazy. Well, I think that's the thing that we, as armchair detectives and people that just are aware of these things like that's what you need to realize just because someone went missing out of one state doesn't mean that they can't travel especially in this realm of people missing because of it being related to human trafficking the transportation and the means are there and Washington state's one of like they were one of the first states to work toward stopping human trafficking right and according to this federal way mirror um, article Washington state legislator created a task force and the mail order bride act in 2002. And by 2003, Washington state became the first state to criminalize human trafficking. Wow. And since then they've created a, you know, various, a series of laws, which, you know, address restrictions on sex tourism, confidentiality and benefits for the victims. 
But people need to realize when you're talking about traveling, human trafficking, it's prevalent everywhere. But what makes Washington state, in my opinion, so unique is the fact that they're a state bordering water mm-hmm. and another country. So you have a ton of international shipments coming into ports all over Seattle. And no one ever wants to to hear this or believe this, but they literally will smuggle people in those shipping containers Mm -hmm. and ship them. Think about that. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I have no idea what happened to Danica, but this is a total plausible scenario that she could have been transported to the shipping docks, loaded onto a crate or a container or whatever, and shipped anywhere, anywhere. in the world. Seattle is a major port. Any any city, New York City, Florida, Galveston, like these are all major ports where you have international shipments coming in, right? right. California is another one. So. Washington, I've seen these ports. I know exactly where it's at. Washington's huge. It's a huge port. Right. You've been, I forgot. Yeah, you're you're familiar with the area. Yeah, my grandmother uh, grew up there. Yeah. So you've got major shipments coming in and out that are international. So when we talk about human trafficking and people traveling, you have to be aware that Just because this person is from Washington State or Austin, Texas or wherever, they literally could be anywhere. Yeah. They could be on your next vacation when you're out with family and you're like, whoa, that girl looks familiar. You know what I mean? Like you, They could be anywhere. It's just, it's frustrating. And the fact that Washington borders Canada and there's so much rural area in Washington. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Washington, you know, when you hear about that, you think of a lot of trees yeah. and cabins in the woods. That's what I do sometimes, usually. And it's raining a lot. I it know. is raining. It seems like a good place for bad things to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of killers that come out of the Pacific I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, will, I hate to admit that from my home state, but it is true. Um but yeah, they say the, the rain makes people just really depressed and whatever doesn't justify any of their no, crazy behavior. But when you factor into you have a border, a bordering country, yeah. it, it's most like my, to me, when I look at her case, I think of two things. I think that she either was shipped out internationally. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of two things one because you're on like the ports are right there but two this crime is so disgusting that the clientele want specific things yeah and danica is a beautiful well she was 17 at the time but a beautiful young woman she's also biracial so she's half white half black Mm -hmm. and these perpetrators, these sick sickos, like, I don't want to cuss, they, but these they ask sick for that people kind of shit, right? look for specific things. Yes. Yeah. We've, I've talked about this before in another episode, but serial killers typically have a type. 
they will deviate from those types if a crime of opportunity happens. For example, pedophiles and people that pay for sexual sexual exploitation are, in my opinion, less likely to deviate. Especially if they're wanting someone that's underage and they're using them for their abuse and whatever. They want a certain look. They want a certain type. They want a certain xyz fill it in i don't know so for me i think two things either she was shipped out on ports because of her ethnicity and her demand if the demand for her type of physique if you will that sounds so horrible could be popular somewhere else but then you also factor in you're bordering another country she could very easily have been transported into canada And no one knows. And now she's being exploited somewhere out in Canada. Those are my theories. Yeah, I lean a little more towards the shipping crates. Because I do know, I mean, there's ways to get over borders illegally. I know that. Right. But Canada, I feel like, is very strict on a lot of things. So I feel like it'd be a little difficult to travel with someone that wasn't willing to to be traveling. Right. Um. But, I mean, it's still possible because the border's super long. They're, they can't monitor the whole thing. Right. I mean, there's ways to smuggle. She could also still be in the U.S. She absolutely so, could be. She very well could be. We, we just we do yeah. not know. And that's the Which frustration. Is it is. And that's the frustration with a lot of these cases is we don't know. Right. They're missing. And we hear reports and tips. But we just don't know what happened to them and your mind races and I'm not even you're we're not even family members so imagine that being your own family yeah like how ridiculous your brain's gonna be all over the place and then all the questions that everybody still has too you know like I feel like that's what's hard about these kinds of cases is because there's never a resolve there hasn't been a resolve yet right we're there we're still looking we're still searching we're getting the information out there Right. So I think it's the Genesis Project, if I'm saying that. The Genesis Project ranked Seattle among the top cities in the world for sexual exploitation of minors. Wow. Yeah. Not a not an award you guys want to have. Now Texas ain't any better because Houston I think is number yep, that's one fair. That's fair. for human trafficking cities. And Texas, I think the last time I looked was in the top three in the, of states. And we also have ports mm-hmm. and we're also neighboring another country. So we're we're in the same boat. This is why we talk about it, so we can change that. No one wants to have that badge on their shoulder absolutely not. right um como news article which is a news station out of seattle states that they believe there's an estimated uh hundreds of parents in king county which is the county that danica went missing from that are dealing with losing a child to the sex slave industry I think that that number probably is a very generous or not generous, a very, I guess, conservative number. Um, You think it's more? Well, yeah, I do. I don't ever. Well, yeah, because I don't I, I don't 
hold stock in statistics. I think that they are a good quote unquote baseline, but when you're talking about human trafficking or sexual exploitation or even labor trafficking, those crimes are so grossly underreported that your stats are a joke. There's no way that those numbers. So when they say that there's another article I read in this said something about like, there's 9,000 illicit, they estimate there's 9,000 illicit uh, massage parlors in the U S I'm calling BS on that because (laughs) I've literally, I have done and staked out several illicit or what I think are illicit massage parlors in my own town and in a like five mile radius of my house, I've literally can count seven. So I just, and that's like a five mile radius. And I'm in a pretty big County that I would say is generally around the same size as King County. So no, I don't, I don't think that number is an accurate number for King County. Wow. That's just like, you can't, you can't tell me that there are quote unquote hundreds of parents in King County who are suffering from dealing with losing a child to sex slave industry, but then turn right around and the Genesis project is saying that Seattle's ranked among the top for sexual exploitation and minors. Okay. Well then that number to me means that it needs to be more like you're sitting here saying that Seattle's the number one for child sex. So much. (laughs) It seems like a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a hundred more than it should be. But unfortunately, I think it's more. I mean, I don't want to be right on that. Please prove me wrong. (laughs) But I just I I don't believe that. I just would like to know more about what those statistics are that they're talking about. Is that people that they have deemed that they quote unquote know for sure? Like Danica's case, we Mm. know for sure she was. Or Or I'm sorry, Danica's case too does that include runaways i doubt it right and runaways are at a higher risk for being subjected to this so since uh her disappearance danica's mother co-founded the federal way coalition against trafficking which later became the federal way community action team and they're actually a partnership with a few other nonprofits like the Washington Engage, which is an anti-human trafficking organization, and Women of Vision, which is a voluntary, I'm sorry, of like a volun- volunteer ministry. Wow, that was a tough one for me. Uh, so her mom's really kind of, you know, taking this by the reins. And in another Federal Way Mirror article, Diane Danica's mom is quoted as saying that I've wanted to do something about this for a long time. Parents need to know it's basically in every middle school and every high school in federal way until it happens to you. You don't want to believe it End quote. And that's so spot on. Mm -hmm. You hear these stories and we all know people go missing, but really until it happens to you or someone, you know, or someone you love, you don't, pay any out of sight out of mind you don't exactly like oh that's something that happens somewhere else that doesn't happen here no it does that won't happen to one of my friends no way right right yeah so at the seven year mark of being missing danica's picture was added to a semi truck that was traveling across the nation to help spread awareness um which i thought was pretty cool uh I know I have family members that are truck drivers and they're a part of, you know, 
anti-trafficking measures, which right. I think is awesome because they see so much and they travel so much. And you're putting someone's missing poster on your semi. That's reaching so many people. Yeah, millions. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and then at the 10-year mark of her disappearance, Danica's mother worked with the Missing and Exploited Children Network to create a video and help spread awareness on the case. And in the video, one of her sisters states that their father has since passed away and that Danica doesn't even know. And then she also oh. goes on... I know. And then she also goes on to state that he just wanted wanted her to come home. And we wow. have a link to that video in our in our uh, on our blog, so you can check it out there. But yeah, they make this little video with the sisters, and it looks like what would be her, you know, nieces or nephews. I'm not. I think it's nieces, but there's kids in the videos. I know her her family has, you know, obviously grown, and mm -hmm. that's so sad. Wow. Yeah, it's really sad. It's sad because when her sisters like she doesn't even know like. But that to me just was like, whoa. It's I couldn't like when imagine. You, for, you forget that part too is like the family's lives continue on, but so is her life. Right. And she has no idea. Right. Or wow. may, maybe in some weird way she might know, but she has no way of reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other questions comments concerns I don't anything think else so. you want to add on this case i don't think so i think we covered it all yeah kind of yeah danica child has been missing now for 15 years and her family is no closer to finding her today than they were the day she went missing she's missed out on so many family milestones her siblings growing up having children of their own getting married She's missed out on it. And like we stated earlier, her father has since passed away and she wasn't there for that. You can follow Danica's story at the Help Find Danica Child's Facebook page. And you can see her picture along with her age progressed photo and information on her case over at our social, social channels, Human Trafficking LW Pod on Instagram or at our blog. Danica Childs has been missing since... December 21st, 2007 from Federal Way. She is a biracial female who is 17 years old and 107 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She is between 5'2 and 5'3. She has brown hair, brown eyes, and her ears, nose, and navel are, are all pierced. If she is being trafficked, she may have markings, brandings, or tattoos on her body. The tattoos could have male names on them, or symbols representing ownership towards someone else. She would also go by the nicknames Neek or Nika, if I'm saying that correctly. Anyone with information on Danica Child's case is asked to call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST or the Federal Way Police Department at 253-835-6856. Five, six. You can also contact the FBI as well. If you like what you hear and you want to help support the show, you can do so through a few ways. Donating at lastwordbysl.com. Follow us at Human Trafficking LW Pod on Instagram. You can always shop our merch at lastwordbysl.com. 
You can rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're streaming from so we can expand our reach to others. And you can follow our brand page, last word underscore by SL on Instagram or last word on Facebook. In the short time we've been recording, we've gained a strong following and we have listeners from all over the world. So I want to give a little shout out to the people in Canada, Australia, Germany, New Zealand, Romania, and Norway. If you have any cases, no matter where you are, if you have any cases from your country or you know of a human trafficking story that we should cover, we ask that you send those to info at lastword.com. We know this isn't a crime that just takes place in a certain area or to certain people. And our goal here is to expose the crime and bring awareness to the missing and help aid in prevention. It will take all of us fighting and speaking out to help end this crime. We are expanding to the TikTok world and we will be sharing that information on an upcoming episode. So be on the lookout for that. All right, guys, before we go, we have our weekly spotlight. First, we're going to cover Paisley Lone Bear. Paisley is 18, 5'7", 130 pounds. She is Native American with brown hair, brown eyes. She was last seen on September 17th, 2021, near Northwest 63rd Street and Meridian Avenue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Anyone with information on Paisley's whereabouts is asked to call the Oklahoma City Police Department at 405 405- Two seven nine one one two nine. Secondly, we are covering Zamaria Pride. She has been missing since January 21st, 2022 from Duncanville, Texas. She is 15, 5'7", 180 pounds. She is an African-American female with brown hair and brown eyes. She has a tattoo on her right forearm with the name Xavier. Anyone with information is asked to call the Duncanville Police Department at 972 972- Two two three six one one one, And last, we have Laro Begay. Last seen on November 20th, 2021. He is 5'4", 240 pounds, black hair, brown eyes, Native American. His last known location is Gallup, New Mexico. Anyone with information is asked to call the Metro Dispatch at 505-722-722. 2002. Aside from that, I want to thank you all for listening and supporting Last Word in Human Trafficking True Crime. I promise I will continue to be loud about the crimes of exploitation, bold in my actions against it, and out there with my awareness through fashion. My hope is that you will be loud in your convictions, bold in your actions, and out there making a change. Stay vigilant, be aware, and remember... What the world needs now is love, not hate.